Welcome to the Connectrio podcast. I'm Claire Perry, a primary teacher and Google Certified Innovator. During these episodes, we will hear from parents and teachers from around the world as they share their stories and experiences of effective and representative parental engagement. Hopefully, by listening to this podcast, you will be inspired to try some of these ideas in your own schools and classrooms. In this episode of the Connectrio podcast, we will be hearing from Blair Minchin, a primary teacher from Edinburgh in Scotland. I first connected with Blair through the Scottish Educators Connect book club, where we were reading Morag Trainer's book, Child Poverty, Aspiring to Survive. In today's episode, Blair touches on that and also shares some examples of how he uses social media to connect with parents and families. And he will also talk about some of the strategies he used pre-COVID that he hopes to start using again when we are able to. Welcome to the podcast, Blair. Hello. Hi, Claire. (laughs) Great to have you with us today. Thanks so much for giving us your time, giving up your time. Oh, no, it's an absolute delight. It keeps me away from the chocolate eggs still. So, yeah, it's good. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> um, just in case anyone's not um, engaged with you before or um, I'm not sure how, but um, do you want to maybe introduce yourself for our listeners, please? Yeah, sure. Um, my name is Blair Minchin, known as Mr. Minchin on Twitter and Instagram and t- I don't know, any any social media platform. Um, yeah, <laughs> I have a low attention span. I'm on them all. Um I have been teaching for five years, I was PSA for a year as well, I currently work in Edinburgh, um, I've been up the school for a long time with Primary 7, I, I'm now with a P3, and I'm kind of known for making lots of videos, uh, we like two minute micro content videos uh, showing different lessons, uh, activities and uh, techie stuff. Uh, I can also be a little bit outspoken at times too um, about social justice issues, but Hopefully I'm usually on the right side of the fence with them. <laughs> no, we love that, Blair. Thank you. And it's great to get an insight into that classroom. I think everybody that has children wishes they were in your in your class. I don't know how you managed to do it. <laughs> a lack of sleep <laughs> okay okay <laughs> well thanks so much for joining us today um, and as we were just having a wee chat before um before the podcast today mentioned that um the, the whole sort of aim about connectrio is to share best practice share examples of effective parental engagement family engagement um but before before we do that i wonder if you can maybe tell us why you think effective parental engagement is so important i think it's absolutely crucial to uh your your school community really it's how you build a community you know um you need to get parents on board um you need to inform them of what you're doing i think there's also a difference between engagement and involvement but i know we're talking about engagement today so i'll stick on that but um yeah i do you know when i was writing a few wee notes about this i was thinking about the circle if you watched watching that on channel four recently no, mm, sorry, so but you can still it, talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, everybody's in an apartment and uh, it's all done like via social media. So you never actually video chat with anybody. Uh, and there's some like catfish out there and things. And I feel that in some classrooms, that's maybe how people, parents view the teacher. If you're just behind an email, they've never actually met you. They've never spent time with you or that. And they're getting, you know, wee tidbits here and there from their child who don't get me wrong children are amazing but sometimes you know the information can be a bit muddled <laughs> and that um it, yeah it, it's absolutely crucial to have that real um constant face-to-face uh, relationship with parents as much as possible 
uh, because it, it it brings down walls. It shows you that you're a person. It, it gives you insight into uh, them, their child. They know their child best. We like to think sometimes that, you know, we as teachers, oh, I know that. I know that boy or I know that girl. No, it's the, it's the parents who know them best. And so they are a priceless source of support and information. And I feel that's why parental engagement is so important. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Um, that's interesting, I think. So did you, you started upper stages and then moved um, to the younger ones? Is that sort of the, the way that you went? Yeah, now I'm thinking about it. I, I, um, my probation year was a primary three, four, but then I've been in primary seven for the past three years. I've gone back down to P3. Um, now so yeah it's, it's, it's been very interesting to see when it comes to parental engagement uh, the different approaches you need to take in primary three you know usually a few of them have got younger siblings maybe there's one parent in the household who's still on paternity leave or you know is, is working part-time or that but usually by the time the kids are in p7 you know there's much fewer of that most most parents are, are, are working full-time or, or, or part-time again uh, and it's harder to you know for them to find time to get involved so um, different ways of uh, communicating with them I found in P3 for example in my probation year it was much easier to have parents coming in for events and then for reading sessions and storytelling and things like that when they're in primary seven you know parents are great and they're willing but they're time poor uh, understandably you know, uh, and so it's a different sort of uh, approach that needs taken. Yeah, thank you. I asked that because I started my probation year was in primary two. I started in primary two where I had parents in um, helping with activities and things during the it was each week. I had different parents in and they were used to seeing me in the morning and dropping kids off in the morning and then picking them up in the after school. They were used to see me. I was used to seeing them and we could have pre-COVID and um, we could have a little chat. Um, in that way and then as I moved up when I moved up to primary six the children just being a little bit older um, could walk to school themselves they walk home themselves things like that so parents and I don't physically see each other in the same way as we as I did when I was in primary two so I wondered if you'd experienced something similar and um, so I agree yeah different approaches is needed sometimes um, some things are a bit different and other things are are the same I wonder if you could share some examples of effective parental engagement then that you've experienced. I thought of, I've got a few examples, but I thought I'll go with two quickly. Um, the, the first one is using Twitter um, to set up a, a class page. That's um, been game changing. You know, usually what we would do in my current setting is we have learning journals. And so uh, three terms we kind of look at where we upload bits of work and maybe a wee people comment as well. It's quite time consuming. And also as well, you know, it's, it's kind of a snapshot of this is a good piece of literacy. This is a good piece of numeracy. If with a class Twitter page, I can upload every lesson <laughs> every day, you know, snapshots, videos, people comments, all that. So they get a real holistic feeling of what's going on in the classroom. Um, so I feel that's been wonderful. Um, it's a great way as well of, um, you know, during lockdown, yeah, we wanted, you know, it was through email and through phone calls as well, but I had parents contact me through the class Twitter asking things. Uh, and that was just so easy because it was, you know, it was a lifesaver for them. They maybe didn't, ha they'd lost our email or whatever it might be. So if they've got a phone and they could tweet us, that was great. Um, 
so I, I found that to be incredibly effective, actually transformed my practice. The way you think of presenting things uh, and sharing that information with parents feeds into your whole lesson planning as well. You know, a plenary now is turned from, you know, show me this on a whiteboard to, well, oh, how can we present this on Twitter? Make me a 20 minute, descript- a 20 second wee description or things like that. So that's, yeah, been transformational. The other thing we started doing, we had to stop it this year, but we had a family football. Uh, sorry to be such a boy. That's okay. <laughs> we had, Plenty girls like football too. <laughs> def- well, I was going to say, yeah, definitely. Um, so again, just as a way of like, you know, not in an academic sense, just a way of getting people together uh, in a non-threatening environment. Uh, we decided that we would have family football games. So um, the first one we had, we had uh, 21 children and a family member from each dad, mum, some brothers as well and that come down and we played like a wee tournament and we did it every term and it was just a fantastic way just at half time we'd stop everything we'd say right we're going to take 10 minutes and all the parents and the older ones would kind of come in and literally just say anybody want to chat about anything school related for 10 minutes dead quick uh yeah uh, that was fantastic so many golden nuggets of information so many wee things to follow up on and that when we got back and uh, it's just a different atmosphere you know, when you saw them at the school gates as well, t- kids who I didn't teach, but it turned up, you know, parents being like, oh, hello, Mr. Richard, how are you doing? And things. Um, yeah, just a wonderful way to build that school community and something definitely going to start again once once COVID is finally over. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, just hopefully it won't be too long until we can get back into that. But it is that sort of human first side of things, isn't it? And um, I, I can't remember who it was that said about the, the school teacher rather than the class teacher. You know, it's all about that school community. And um, it's so nice when there are siblings. And if you've been in a school for a few years, you've taught the siblings or you just know the siblings and getting them involved. Um I think as well, there are some things I know you mentioned that parents know their their children best, and there's probably little snippets of information that they they would think isn't you know that doesn't warrant an email to the teacher, but you might pick it up in a conversation, and then you can just that's a game changer in the classroom. So, absolutely, yeah, no, definitely. I think I think there's a real real value in standing about that school gate at the end of the day. Um, can't do it at the start of the day at the moment because of restrictions, but at the end of the day, just making sure, literally, I walk up and down the gate at the end, can I be like, hiya, hiya, you doing all right? Things going okay? And that, just making sure that you are available and approachable to them um, because it's, I, I feel it, it is quite easy for things to drift uh, with, you know, with the restrictions, with the distancing, uh, with them not being able to come into the school and that. So I think that's really, really important that we're making the effort to do that even in the hail, which was last, <laughs> two weeks ago. That was not oh, fun. Gosh, <laughs> no. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, but it is absolutely making the effort. Um, I know you mentioned there a little bit about um, some of the barriers to um, to you know communication and um, effective parental engagement. You talked about parents being time poor. Um, you know, so time is definitely a, a, um, a barrier, not just for parents as well, for teacher workload and things. But I wonder if you can share some of um, what you think some of the barriers are to effective parental engagement. Um, I, I, oh, there's many. I feel a time definitely one, definitely. Um, I think a big one that doesn't get talked about a lot is parents' experience of education. Some parents didn't have a very good, you know, time at school. Uh, there was a mistrust of teachers, a mistrust of the system, and all that. And it's then 
maybe unfairly, but it falls on us. It's our responsibility to to rebuild that trust and to constantly make time and to constantly go, you know, making those opportunities for them um, to, to, to get involved. Um, I think sometimes as well, schools feel quite a middle class place for some. Um, and I, I feel there's there's lots of things that educators can do to combat that really. Oh, some, you know, I was a, I've been part of Scottish Educators Connect on a Monday night. We've been looking at... Um, Morag Trainer's book, um, Living Through Poverty, uh, aspiring, no, aspiring to survive, that's what it is, <laughs> sorry. But again, just looking at everything from the cost of the school day to the school structure to uh, all these different barriers, uh, fluid unemployment, all these things that can really um, deter uh, and panic parents and worry them. Uh, and yeah, I, I think school needs to be... Uh, a welcoming community, not just for the children, but for those families as well. And we need to think about how we can best do that. It's been very difficult during COVID, definitely. But I think once things open up again, it's it's everything from looking at how you structure open days to having reading sessions to after school clubs to all these things. If you've got a library, what can you do with that? Um, yeah. Just making those community links. And I'm glad that you brought up Scottish Educators Connect. I was trying to um, find the book on my shelf um, because it, <laughs> it was, as you say, it just, I, I know she talks throughout the book about flipping flipping your thinking or fl- flipping the thinking of the of the readers. And there were so, there were so many takeaways from that, um, that book club and just being able to talk about it um, with, you know, with lots of, it wasn't just educators, actually. I know that the name is Scottish Educators Connect, but it, it was a great experience. So, and it, do, it did make you think about the things that we do in school and how approachable we are and yeah so I'm glad you brought that up one of the main reasons for starting Connectrio Ed um, is so that we can make our parental engagement or hopefully share stories of representative parental engagement so I wonder I know you touched on that a little bit it's hard to talk about yeah, barriers without talking about overcoming them <laughs> um, but how do you think we can overcome barriers to increase representative parental engagement? If you are looking to run a topic or whatever, you know, it might be world of work type links and that. Don't be going, I would say, don't go looking for, you know, on Education Scotland's website for things as your first protocol. Don't be going out to ASDA and looking what they do for outreach and that. Hit your parents up. See what roles your parents have, where they work and that, and then go to them. Would you have time? Would you be able to do this? I've been in P6, I had parents come in, graphic designers come in. Just for, you know, linking to our literacy, we were looking at posters and what makes an effective poster. And I thought, well, we've got a graphic designer. And he was so nice and came in and he brought loads of examples and did a wee lesson and commented on the kids' work. Had town planners come in and just saying to them, you know, getting in contact and saying, what would you be able to do with us? You know, would you be prepared? And they had said, you know, they'd be... Um, they're looking at road layouts currently. That's a big thing in Edinburgh <laughs> uh, with spaces for people and that. And, and, you know, would the kids like to feed into it? Yes, definitely. So, again, it's it's hitting up your parents to see, you know, and that makes, when we talk about the principles of curriculum design in Scotland, about relevance and personalisation, well, going to the families and getting, you know, bringing their actual jobs and their life into the classroom uh, I, I can't think of anything more relevant and more personalised than, than that. Um, uh, for representation as well, I think RME offers a great insight. I, I, I don't know about you, my setting, we're incredibly diverse. I think we have, in my class at the moment, I think all of the 
top five religions, you know, there. Um, it's been a shame, again, with COVID not being able to do as much as I'd wanted, but definitely hitting up those parents for contacts, for their experience to come in, uh, share everything from the food, the culture, the music, the services, all of that, you know, um, it just what a fantastic source of, you know, you've got in a class of 33, you might have 33 parents that you can tap, 33 grown-ups. Uh, that's a wonderful community to build, you know, and yes, third-party services are, are fantastic and, you know, all these people do CPD and, and come into schools and that, but you've got 33 people who are fully invested in their child in that classroom. I think they're a, a priceless and invaluable resource and, and myself as well. I know I am. I'm not just preaching. You know, we're all guilty, I think, as teachers of, of sometimes forgetting that and overlooking it as well. I've waffled and gone off the point, sorry. <laughs> no, that's so powerful. And, th you know, that's an example about um, the world of work. But um, we did, a, um, it was a, a human body topic. And just because of the, you know, the, some of our parents were doctors and having them coming in and showing real examples. And, you know, I'll never forget the day that we had, he, it was his own child. We thought it better be his own child that he, he wrapped up in a, in a, um, <laughs> in a sling and a, a cast and everything. And the kids just loved it. And, you know, and we had a, a pharmacist come in and just all these things that just brought the topic to life. Absolutely. So no, thank yeah. you so much for sharing that. Well, thank you so much, Blair, for coming on to the podcast and sharing your experiences with us. Uh, I've loved hearing some of the examples that you've shared. And I know um, as a teacher, you know, we can read different um, suggestions. We can read the literature and things. But actually, it's really powerful from he hearing from someone who's practicing in the classroom. So thank you for sharing those examples with us. I know you shared your Twitter handle at the, well, all your social media handles at the start of the podcast episode but i wonder if you want to share those again if anyone would like to connect with you after listening to this episode uh, i'm quite easy to find i've got a big beard uh, and the name is mr underscore mention and it's the same on youtube twitter instagram tiktok i think that's them all Fabulous. Thank you so much for sharing. And as I said, um, really great to hear from someone who's trying this in the classroom and sharing, especially with the use of Twitter and things, um, Twitter and Instagram. It's great to see some of the ideas and just see how they're having an impact on the children. So thank you so much. Great to hear that. And uh, not waffling at all. Thank well, you I so am much. a waffler. I'm a waffler <laughs> with treacle on top. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks it's been so lovely. Much. Thank you for doing this. It's something we need to talk about more. So uh, kudos to you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Connect Trio podcast. If you have, it would be great to hear from you on Twitter or Instagram at Connect Trio Ed. And please share this episode with anyone you think might be interested in hearing more and learning more about parental engagement. We'll be back next Monday with an episode featuring Lena Carter. Lena Carter, or Lena Bellina on Twitter, is a deputy head teacher in Scotland. She's also one of the co-leads of Women Ed Scotland and brings a lot of different experiences to our conversation next week, including her experiences of working with care experienced young people and their families. If you can't wait until then, and you've still not listened to last week's episode featuring Sammy White, check that out wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have a great week.